0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the PBSC podcast. This is episode 193. Steve Moore here with Mark Castleman. We're coming at you with a new topic. Uh, Well, I guess new topic is probably incorrect. It's an old topic that we're revisiting in kind of a unique way. We actually uh, got a a really good submission from a from an addict partner Um, wanting to know a little bit more about as you guys can see in the title. What is what are each of our roles? Right? And rebuilding this trust and the safety component in a relationship following betrayal. And uh, it's a great topic. Uh, Again, not one that we haven't visited before, but uh, nevertheless, one that does have a lot of different facets to it in areas. And we thought this would be a good one to kind of jump into as we, uh, or a good question to read as we kick this off. So I'll read this out loud and then we will start to tackle and break down exactly what is quote unquote his role and quote unquote what is her role in this recovery process. So here we go. Hello. I have been listening for a few months now, and I have a question. A little backstory. I have been, as far as I know, addicted to sex and porn for most of my life, for about 30 years, he says, until recently, when I have been trying to do something about it by understanding it and the underlying issues. About two to three years ago is when I had an affair. Uh, He says, no sexual contact, but flirting and hiding everything. So definitely an emotional affair is what we would classify that as. My wife found out about it, and it's been downhill ever since. We have not gone to therapy. We have gotten some books and have been listening to your podcast for a little while. I fear I have made some improvements. I feel, sorry, not I fear. (laughs) I feel I have made some improvements personally as a result. I guess what I am trying to ask is when or how long does it take being faithful, open, honest, and committed to her for her to start to trust again? I know that it may take the rest of my life for that to happen. I am in desperate need of help and I don't know where to go. I do not know who to talk to, and I don't know how to talk to her my work has my work has a chaplain service and I, and I talk with them usually every Friday, but I don't know if it is helping or not, and I do not believe it is helping her at all I don't believe that she talks with or or with or to anyone about this
1: mm. Mm. so
0: it's it's kind of an interesting question because we've you know we we we've i think i don't know if we've ever had an addict actually write in about this before we we get questions similar to this from partners quite frequently but um, you know, as, as we go through this, right, there are a couple of things that this addict uh, partner brings up, right? He's got this history with addiction and uh, with pretty severe acting out. Um, he's wanting to know, you know, how long does it take for me to be doing certain things to get her to trust again? But also he reflects on, you know, I we're talking to a little bit, a few people, but not many. She's not talking to anybody. I'm not sure if we're really, really getting anywhere, right? They're, they're vocalizing what we hear so often. We're kind of floundering right? We're kind mm-hmm. of stuck. We're kind of treading water. Uh, this ship is, is, is not flying under the waves, but it's not definitely not getting out of the waves and it's kind of slowly holding and taking on water. And what do we do?
1: Well, and I think one maybe one of the surprising things to people, even from the title of this podcast, you know, it says, what is his role? And a lot of times you would think, okay, that's where the title ends. What is his role in rebuilding trust?
0: Yes, you're right. What
1: is his role and her role? And I guess in having said that, we first of all want to openly and readily acknowledge just how, how crazy hard it is for the partners of addicts, right? Mm-hmm. What do we always say? You didn't cause this. You didn't ask for this. Um, you can't fix it right? It's, you're like this, you know, person that's innocently driving along the road and a drunk driver crosses the median and smashes into you. Now you end up in the, in the hospital, you know, intensive care unit from nothing that was your fault. And that's Mm -hmm. incredibly hard and difficult. And so one would say, well, what the, why the heck would I have a role in rebuilding trust with everything you just said? And I think one of the things that Steve and I feel very passionately about is we always seek to help the partners who have been betrayed. We always want to try to invite you into a place of being empowered, right? Where is your power? Even in this horrible betrayal, even in things that you didn't cause, you didn't create, that you can't fix. We, that, with all that said, you still have an, a tremendous place of empowerment. And we want to help you to to realize what that is and to step into it and and not just allow yourself to be stuck. you know I can't do anything about this. this is all up to him so that's why we have that dual title right his role, her role, because it, it very much is the case
0: absolutely well and and that and there really is a you know just to just to drive home where we we really do feel where where so many partners are coming from i think what we probably hear one of the things we hear most from partners is just the lack of fairness around this right absolutely it is, it's completely unfair right because trauma as we oftentimes say on here is unfortunately a one way street we you know a person can go into a relationship and act like a bull in a china shop consciously or not and cause all sorts of damage that unfortunately they can't magically undo mm-hmm. um and that and that is an unfortunate reality right there's no way to take back trauma. There's no way to, right? The only way through trauma is to process it, to work through it, to uh, use utilize different skills to find healing from it, but, but but you can't wind back the clock. And so, and thankfully, and, and I do use that term, I know that for a lot of spouses that can be hard to hear, but I do use the term, thankfully, uh, spouses do have very much a capacity to play in terms of their own healing, which we do term as good news because thankfully you're not, Subject simply to waiting on the other half of your relationship, right? To more or less get their act together and to start changing or to start doing things or whatever the case may be. Obviously, the relationship itself requires input from both people in order to do that. But when it comes to one's own personal growth and personal healing, that is just that. It is a personal journey for mm-hmm. everybody involved, right? And so, we did want to kind of start breaking this down a little bit and, and, and jump into some of the rules for rebuilding trust. And I think we we probably would like to start on on the uh, on the attic side. This was an attic question that was sent in to us, and so kind of break down and look at you know what are some of the things or the, the components or the principles behind this. Yeah. And so uh, first and foremost, and and hopefully this makes sense on a variety of levels. But Mark and I feel very strongly that the betrayer, as the one who led the charge into trauma and into pain, and into a lack of safety and mistrust, the betrayer likewise is also the one who is primarily responsible or ought to be the one leading the charge in the healing journey for the marriage, right? Um, there are lots of components to that uh, that, that, that we want
1: to cover. Well, first, and, let's, we, and let's, oh yeah, say what, let's say what we see with that a lot, because mm-hmm. yeah, too yeah. often we see with, with guys who have struggled with addiction and now there's been betrayal in their relationship— we often see them too, too much playing a passive role and waiting in essence for their betrayed partner to get on their case, right? You know, rattle their chain, you know, bring stuff up to them. How many times, Steve, do you and I have people that reach out to us for help? I'm trying to think of a percentage. What percentage of the time when a coupleship is is in trouble like this, is it the betrayed spouse who reaches out to us? Hmm as opposed to the addict. I would, I don't know. It's got to be at least (laughs) mm, 80% of the time that it's the betrayed spouse kind of leading the charge. That might even be a
0: bit generous on the addict side. Yeah. Mm, 90% too too often. We do see spouses sadly doing that, even though that that really isn't how it ought to be.
1: Yeah. She, she, she has to usher ultimatum. She has to get threatening. She has to rage and get angry before he starts to take it serious and then he waits for her to push the issues, and then he takes action Well, but, and
0: can we just tell you that Mark and I we were part of the eighty to ninety
1: percent? <laughs> yes, we were part of the one <laughs> waiting for the waiting for the wife or partner to kick our butts to get serious.
0: We wish we were part of the the mythical ten,
1: but but we were not <laughs> no so, no we got we got way better at that as time we went did. by, but initially it was.
0: Oh, Very much our is driving that.
1: the process. Absolutely. So that's the first part of this uh, for guys listening. You you've got to somehow get yourself to the place where you're leading the charge. What's one of our favorite phrases lead out, be proactive, yep. right? Um, lead lean out. Into the lean the pain. Yeah. Lean into All the right. pain, lead out the process, be proactive, offer stuff up, um, anticipate what, how your partner or your spouse could be struggling and, and even start doing stuff before she even asks, right? Imagine that. Yes. Absolutely. Well,
0: and, and if we, we, we want to make sure that we, you know, we,
1: we, this could easily be a podcast about all of
0: that. And we do cover that on other podcasts, but if we were to kind of review that briefly and make sure everybody's owning their side of the street um, you know, there are a couple of key areas that we want to make sure every addict who's listening to this, Um, understands that they need to be taking on at a baseline. First is definitely providing accountability about the past, right? That absolutely 100% has to happen. Healing on the part of a partner is at least as far as the relationship is concerned in, in, in terms of a connecting dynamic for most spouses that I think we work with is extremely limited, if not completely stymied when an addict is not willing to take accountability for what has happened, what they've done,
1: what it's all involved and how it has impacted both them and their partner. And we'll tell you that one of the things that will destroy trust more quickly and demolish it right into a twin towers event is when staggered disclosure takes place, Mm. right? Disclosure about the past where usually it's kind of forced by the betrayed partner. She kind of, you know, rings it out of him. And then he gives part of the truth of the past and then it keeps trickling in over time. Yes. And the shoe keeps dropping. You cannot rebuild trust when that is taking place. It just, it just shatters it. Right?
0: Yes. For those, and and Mark's making a great point. So for those who have not shared that completely and totally, we strongly recommend that you get yourself connected with a professional, a clinical professional who can walk you through what's called the disclosure process of taking you and your spouse through that so that that can be done in the least damaging way possible, mm-hmm. um, if, if needed, depending on what has not yet been disclosed. Uh, but uh, going forward, another, another element to this is not just accountability and transparency about the past, but it's about transparency and accountability that is ongoing. Yes. What's happening right now, right? Yeah. What, am, what am I doing right now from both an addiction acting outside as well as, uh, as, well as what am I doing in terms of my own work? Right? What am I doing to pave the way? Right. Um, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more in the next bullet point. But this ongoing dialogue is really the main theme here, right? It isn't just okay, fine, I admitted it. I did this, I did that. you know, I, I I did all this stuff. What do you want from me? I've been that guy. I think I actually said that to Brittany one time. What do you want <laughs> from me? There you go, here it is, right? It's yeah. it's about the ongoing, it's the checking in, right? The daily check-ins we talk about on on here all the time. We we talk about these in Drilly's home and how to do them specifically in our Dare to Connect program for addicts, spouses, and couples all the time, right? How that should be happening in a proactive way. No spouse of an addict should be left in a place of wondering what is going on in their partner's recovery. If your partner is wondering where you're at, that's a problem. They should know at any given time, uh, both through your own proactive efforts, and you need to be providing an environment that is safe enough for them, that sends the message that they can ask, And that they're going to be able to do that without consequence or without blowback.
1: If you're trying to rebuild trust, guys, the last thing you want is to cut off information to your betrayed partner so that they have to fill in the blanks. Oh, yeah. You do not want them filling in the blanks if you're trying to rebuild trust.
0: Because trauma does what in the brain? In, In the absence of facts, what will it do? It will always default. To the worst case scenario.
1: Sure. Cause it's got to protect itself. Yep. Right? you're it's, it's partners. I, I got to protect. He's not telling me, I don't know when the shoe's going to drop. I don't know what he's doing. And so I've got to fill in the blanks to protect myself.
0: I better assume that these other things are going on. So when I inevitably find out that they are, I'm not hurt more.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: So you are shooting yourselves in the foot guys and your wife in, in the back, you in the foot, her in the back by doing that. So please, please do not do that. Yep. Um, cultivating, practicing, and expressing empathy for the pain of their betrayed partner. Oh, man, one this day is a we hard just, thing. oh my gosh! One day we just need to do a podcast on empathy because that's probably yeah, we thing. probably
1: should. But man, um, and I know this was true for you, Steve. How many times in my early to midterm recovery did I just dread my wife expressing her pain? Oh man, that so, was... here we go, and I would just what would it trigger in me? Massive shame, sure. massive shame. And I, I didn't want to lean into her pain. I wanted to get as far away from it as I possibly could. Right? Or, sure. ah,
0: absolutely. So important. and so, what would we do in reaction to that? We would feel the shame, and then we would react with what ego, uh, pride, defensiveness, blaming, gaslighting, blame shifting. Right? They're going all going stoic,
1: dead. going silent, shutting down. Yes. Yeah. All absolutely. that stuff.
0: Right. So. So this. So, so
1: this yeah, empathy, leaning in, and there's the, and there's a process to it. We 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 go and we do uh, crazy deep training with our Dare to Connect guys in recovery about this process. But in essence, it's not just about being transparent about what has happened in the past or what's happening currently with regard to my addiction. It, that that's important to disclose. But whenever I disclose, I need to have done my work. Here, you know, I've done my work with my support system. Here's why I think these behaviors happened, right? I've, I've dug, dug deep through the layers. And very important, here's what I'm going to do going forward so that these behaviors can change. Mm, yep. Right? Disclosure always has three aspects.
0: Yeah, you stopped with disclosure as three aspects. I thought you were going to say something that. Oh, you thought that. I was
1: going to fill it in. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> it's well, it's like, three, it's okay. Three what aspect. are the three aspects that you want to say?
1: <laughs> it's the three aspects I just said, right? Not okay. only disclose what happened, you disclose why it happened, and you disclose what you're going to do going forward to change it. Okay. Are you going to be able to? Uh, I edit think that? we're just going to keep that. That was that was kind of a funny little pause there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're leaving all this in right now. Sure. Oh gosh.
1: We're raw and real here, everybody. I guess
0: we're, we're going to leave that all in. Sorry, Steve. Misread uh, what Mark was saying. We're. Here. I love there it. Go. No, no editing.
1: It's awesome. No editing.
0: Raw and uncut.
1: Is that's what we're right. Doing today. That's that's PBSE.
0: No, but absolutely. Well, and, 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 and the, you know, the, there can't be enough evidence or enough uh, emphasis placed on this plan going forward. Right. Yeah. Having a, having a plan for both for making an amends as well as what are the commitments actually going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Because one of the big mistakes that we see guys make in this process is actually, we just had this come up and dare to connect just last week. And we did a whole session about it. It was really good about this ideas of too often we as addicts and, and we don't do always do it consciously, but we will sometimes in this process look at our spouses and say, well, what the hell? Like I haven't acted out in six months. What's wrong with you?
1: Mm-hmm. But here's one
0: of the great secrets, secrets guys. And again, we'd love to have, be able to teach you more about this in D to C, but the uh, creating safety in, in, in a, in a relationship, only half of rebuilding safety is an absence of acting out. Uh- that will do something. But that in of itself is not creating safety in a relationship. It isn't simply just enough for the bombs to stop dropping, right? If if one country is bombing another one into oblivion, and the bombs bombs stop dropping. Does the one big country look at the other one and say, "Well, geez, why don't you guys feel safe? Like one hasn't hit in like a week? That's your problem." Yeah, good
1: good luck on all those craters and destroyed roads and all the <laughs> carnage. Uh, but we're not bombing you anymore.
0: <laughs> you should be fine, right? What's the problem here? Right. It's about actively repairing. It's about coming forward and saying, look, I am accountable for this. I am sorry for this. What do you need for your own healing? But also here is my plan, not just to ensure this doesn't happen again. Here is my plan for changing the way I operate in this marriage. Yes. Right. Here is my plan for being accountable going forward. Here is my plan for involving other people. So you don't have to be that policewoman. So you don't have to be my confessor, my absolver. Right. So so that you can focus on you. Right. That huge, all of that stuff is on, on ours, our end, guys. Ours to own.
1: Well, right. and to be and and to be very, very cautious and careful, guys. If you're going to make commitments about making amends, we would rather that you to start out are very conservative with those commitments and amends. Because if you talk the talk and don't walk the walk, you are going to destroy trust further. It's one of my wife's favorite statements to me over the years. Mark, I hear you, but talk is cheap. Show me. And if I would talk and not show her, the trust would just be obliterated. So if you're going to make commitments and make a plan going forward, make it doable so that you can actually deliver on it on a regular basis and then add to it as you go.
0: Absolutely. The consistency piece is critical. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we better move forward. We're going to make this like an hour long podcast. We better, <laughs> better press on here. Um, so the question, because so that, so that's kind of a general outline as much as we can go you know, into detail here
1: in such a short form about that side of the street. Let's the look attics. at the other side though. Yeah. So let's right? look at the, at the partners now. Cause the partner will say, well, I'm the betrayed partner. What do you mean? I have a role in, in rebuilding trust. What?
0: Sure. Absolutely. And it's very understandable. My wife is hardcore into recovery. she, sponsors ladies in 12 steps she can teach betrayal trauma she she co-presents with me at uh, different retreats and things i mean she can teach this stuff better than i can but bernie will be the first to tell you that she didn't get into her own recovery in a serious way until about three years after two about two to three years somewhere in there after i did Mm. because she very much was of this very logical mentality of your problem you fix this right that is your thing
1: and that's and and we want to just say that's legitimate. We totally get that. We're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is his deal. It is his. He did do this, so and
0: he sure. is the only one that can fix that. But the part that she was missing was right. That's but who can fix my healing?
1: Yeah, right? that's right. Who Can right. help
0: fix me. And this is crazy hard for you guys. For every spouse to hear, it's always a tough topic. Whenever Mark and I address this, no matter what form we're in, but it, it really is the reality here is that there are things that, that only you can heal and fix and that doesn't make it fair
1: or even okay. It simply just means that it is what it is.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and, and one of those that we see a lot, this rebuilding of trust is so hard because you're, you're not right. The survival part of you says, okay, here uh, in a lot of cases, this comes out after years or decades of of marriage or partnership this guy's not who I thought he was. There was all kinds of stuff going on. I didn't know about, and now I'm supposed to start to have trust. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. One of the most important things that I've seen to be very helpful is remember that trust isn't trust. Isn't an all or nothing proposition. There are areas of trust in a relationship that often can start to be rebuilt in small ways. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's not with regard to the sexual part or the fidelity part of a relationship. That takes a lot of time. Maybe there are little tiny ways. Like he committed that he would take the trash out, and he did, right? He he said he would have a date night once a week, and he actually followed through. Um, Absolutely. Right? Looking for little ways that that I can begin to dare to trust these small things, verify them, have them followed through with, and let that begin to build if I'm going to stay in this relationship and every one of you uh, betrayed partners get to decide, am I going to stay here or not? If you're going to, we highly encourage you to look for little small ways to start to rebuild trust somewhere. If you're going to stay, you need to have that in order to keep going.
0: Yes, absolutely. No, the consistency piece. I mean, whether, whether spouses recognize it or not, right, their evidence-based brain, just like anyone else's, is desperate for new information. That's part of the healing process, right, is a new narrative unfolding. In order for, for one to believe that something is different, particularly after complex, repeated betrayal, talk is cheap. And for most spouses, they would say that's a really big understatement, right? I have worked, we've both worked with many spouses where... They have vocalized that him saying he's going to change. They, they get to the point where they just will cut him off mid-sentence. I don't want to hear that one more time. Do not tell me that again. I just want to see it. Don't say it. Don't preach about it. <laughs> just just it. it has to be different. Like, I, I don't even want to hear it, right? And and so that is absolutely critical. But on the step of a partner, right, likewise, just like there are pieces to this that he needs to be doing to set the stage for your healing, there are active steps that, that spouses can and need to be taking in order to find their own healing. Mm. Uh, I'm just, this isn't in our notes for today or in our production schedule, but I'm just going to throw it out there because it's true. Your husband, the, the, the person who has betrayed you, cannot in, in fullness be your source of healing. Okay, That is an unfortunate reality that most spouses have a hard time reconciling with. My, mine did as well, and I think Mark's did too right because with any other situation with any other anything who do we go to in a marriage or who do we go to when we're facing something our partner our significant other they're the person that we're going to turn to right for support to work it out collaboration whatever the case is but in this case which is you know unfor- unfortunately unique the very person that we would usually go to is the is the problem
1: <laughs> yeah right
0: not in terms of a total identity but that's how our bra- that's how the traumatized brain sees them we could we would never act ask a, a trauma victim to go to the perpetrator and say find healing there there you have to have more people and a support system on board of people that you can be turning to who are not tied in with that system particularly at the beginning to be able to really cultivate a healthy rapid optimized healing process yeah um and there are lots of ways to do that um, you, you you know where the obvious first plug is going to be. We can't recommend anything better than our dare to connect program for for addicts, spouses and couples. Um, it provides accountability, transparency, honesty, assignments,, um, uh, input, advice, support, uh, all in a community based setting where you can be getting that all of that interactivity not just from us but from everybody else in the program, four times a week. so there's there's really nothing better that we could honestly recommend to you. Uh, than that. If there was something better, we would have made that instead, but that is what we know. That being said, there are lots of others, right? A therapist can be really helpful for one-on-one work. Um, getting involved in a 12-step group, right? We do have those incorporated as part of our D C program, and they're integrated in there and come built in if you elect to subscribe, but there are lots of 12-step-based 12 12 fellowships out there for partners of addicts. Um, whatever it may be, please, please, please don't make the mistake that too many spouses have done that my, my spouse did for too long. And that's tried to either a do this solo or b just with you and the person that's hurt you.
1: Yeah. You will really, really flounder. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to create and, and, and get engaged with an outside support system. Yes. It doesn't rely just on your partner. Totally. And, um, yeah, and we've already talked about, you know, trauma's a one-way street, you know, the the yep. the, the, the betrayer, or the traumatizer does that, but healing in a relationship is a two-way street. We both yes. have the parts that we can play as we've been talking about, right? He and and here's the big thing. He he can hurt you, but he can't fix you. Yes. The healing side is really something that each of you listening have as hard as it is, as unfair as it is. Is you've you've got to decide if you're going to take the reins on that and say I'm going to engage on my healing path, right? It's like I said, it's the, it's like the, the 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 innocent gal driving down the road and the drunk driver crosses the median and slams into her. Now she finds herself laying in a hospital. She gets to decide: Am I going to take charge of what I I didn't deserve this? I didn't create it. It's completely unfair but am I going to engage in physical therapy and take charge of my healing? Mm -hmm. It's a critical decision.
0: Absolutely. Please. And we hope that spouses walk away, not only not discouraged by this podcast, please feel empowered. Yes. Again, even though there is a, there's an unfairness there, the silver lining is this is silver lining is that in this is that you should not and, and don't need to be waiting for him to change for you to start finding your own peace. Your own serenity. The relationship is a different story because that is an amalgam of what everyone's putting in and, it and taking away. It but is. When it comes to your own healing and you regaining your self-confidence, your self-worth, healing from the wounds that have, that have affected you individually and have come into your own personal security, et cetera, you are in the driver's seat of that.
1: And, and, and a really critical part about it, as you do take charge of your healing and you do travel that path with your outside support system as you bring yourself into the best version of you that that you can attain you're in a much better place to decide whether the relationship should continue or not yes but too yes. often i see those who are not in a healed place and it's they're they're completely you know traumatized and shattered and in a, just a really scary broken place they find that they just they they don't know how to make good healthy choices about the relationship in that state but as they yes. become more healthy and healed, then they start to see more clearly and decide what really is in their best interest going forward.
0: Absolutely. You know, our whole full fo- focus this month on in dare to connect is, is on boundaries and how they are essential to rebuilding trust. Mm. Yes. You know, boundaries is one of those topics. It's, it's probably like the most common mental health therapy topic that kind of makes it into common language, right? It, that, But that, so they're often discussed, but they're, they're rarely understood is, is where we would come from with that. everybody, how often do you hear, well, you just got to have better boundaries? It's a boundaries Yeah, process. you just need boundaries. You got to have boundaries. <laughs> how to do that, how to set those, what they actually look like. There is a whole list of guidelines that even many clinicians get wrong. Um, and we are focusing on that all this month. If you find yourself struggling with what is his side of the street, what is my side of the street? Where do we come together in this? There is never a better time to give DTC a shot. We have a two-week free trial you can check out there at uh, daretoconnectnow.com We'd love to have you join us. Um, as we wrap up, guys, though, and that kind of ties into the assignment we have for, for you, wherever you find it and wherever it is, be it in Dare to Connect, again, 12-step, a therapist, etc., you need to be getting outside of yourself, both you as addicts and you as partners, okay, and outside of the marriage for healing. Other, connection is the opposite of addiction, okay, and we, we just do not find healing in isolation, Um, surround yourself with some people that you can trust that will love you enough to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Find a way to cultivate and find a place that's going to provide that transparency, that accountability, that kind of love for both of you. And to be able to do it in a way that allows each of you to do that individually and doesn't always tie in with each other because that really, again, can, can foul up the process. Um, as always, if you have uh, questions that you would like to submit to us, that you'd like addressed on PBSC, we'd love for you to send those to us at the contact form at the bottom of, of our, of our site, pbscpodcast.com. Uh, you can send those in there and uh, yeah, we, we wish you guys all a happy week of, of recovery and healing and appreciate you uh, putting up with our uncut version of this episode. I'm still a little <laughs> nervous about not uh, editing, but you know, we're just going to do it. So. <laughs> I
1: think it'll be fine. <laughs> All right, everyone. Hey, thanks for being with us here today. And uh, those of you who uh, can find it, it can work for you to come on over and see us and dare to connect. We'd love to see you there and spend more in depth and, and uh, focused work with you there. And we look forward to future PBSC podcasts with you as well. So awesome. That will sign off and uh, take care. Have a good day guys. Bye-bye.
0: Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.